0: I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast,
1: Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com.
1: Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea.
0: your old baby. Welcome in. Monday edition, Sunday night edition. I don't even know what edition it is. Who the hell cares at this point? It's New York, New York, we just truly. JJ John Zestrensky right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. Yeah, I don't even know what time it is. Uh, we'll get into my uh, little snafu over the last couple of days in a matter of moments. Hope everybody had a really good weekend. Um, the Knicks suck. All right. We're not exactly breaking any ground there. I will say this, though. And I came up with this idea watching Friday night, getting into a couple of heated text debates, which usually lead to the best sort of conversation starters for what we like to do. Because that's how I approach this shit, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Like, I want it to be, and that's always my goal, that it's me sitting next to you, sitting next to you, we're at a bar, we're having a couple of drinks, and we're kind of just like shooting the breeze discussing what we would be doing on a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, Monday, whatever the case may be. Well, what were these hot topic text discussions that I was involved in? They were front and center around the store of the weekend and probably the only highlight for the Knickerbockers and their two losses to the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. That's the play R.J. Barrett. Now, R.J. Barrett on Friday night was electric against the Miami Heat. 40-plus points, knocking down the outside shot, gets insanely high praise from Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, Jimmy Butler basically said he's going to be the next face of the New York Knicks, and one can only hope that R.J. Barrett can have a career that somewhat mirrors what Jimmy Butler has been able to do. Because I do see similarities in the style of play and their look and their feel from watching Butler early in his career and watching R.J. early in his career, even though, let's be honest, R.J. far more highly touted coming out than Jimmy Butler was at Marquette. So there are some differences. But Barrett lights up Miami, gets all this smoke blown up his room, has a solid game Sunday against the Sixers. And it had me thinking about the 2019 NBA draft. And look, is there going to be a little bit of saltiness for Knicks fans thinking about that draft. 100%. The best player in the draft, is not even close, it's not even up for discussion, is John Moran. Like, if you're redrafting the 2019 NBA draft, and that's what I'm getting at here, because you think about the top five, that's what I'm thinking about. Redrafting that top five. Moran is going number one, no questions asked. But then two, three, four, and 5, okay, how are you redrafting Barrett, Zion Williamson, Tyler Hero, and Darius Garland? Because to me, that's your top five. I think it's pretty obvious in many ways that is your top five. It's more how you would rank them moving forward. Now, I think number two is an easy call. I think it's an easy call because he was on the All-Star team this year. He has led a renaissance in Cleveland. And the point guard position just plays now in the NBA. Like, you need to have one of those guys. The Knicks clearly don't have one of those guys. And it bothers me. And it's bothered me for 20-plus years. I would redraft him, take Darius Garland, too. And that in no way is suggesting the Knicks made a mistake in taking Barrett. How could they do that? what a draft Fubá was. Like, no, it's none of those things because R.J. Barrett's a really good player and is an emerging player. Darius Garland happens to be a little bit better. So I would put him at two. What I think it gets debatable is story. Because listen, Zion Williamson's talent and peak is clearly much higher than R.J. Barrett's. I understand that. Listen, I'm the same guy that has suggested the idea of the Knicks making a move for Zion Williamson if the price is reasonable enough with the New Orleans Pelicans. And we'll see what that ends up being. If I were redrafted, man, that's a tough call. I'm taking Barrett over Zion. That's going to surprise a lot of people because I know I'm getting more consistency. I do. I know RJ Barrett is going to bring it, is going to bust it, is going to give me his very best night after night after night. Can I say that about Zion Williamson? I cannot. Yeah, I'd be worried. Like, right here, right now, my I worried he's going to eat himself out of the league in five minutes? Yes. Now, I also am aware of the fact that Zion could go get in his shape, play his ass off, and turn into one of maybe the 15 best players in the league. I don't know if R.J. Barrett is ever turning himself into one of the 15 best players in the league. But I know he's going to be really good for a long time. That might surprise some people. Because I think anybody who's listened to me over the years knows I've always been a supporter of the big fella. But a little too much gumbo, if you ask me, down in New Orleans. So it's alarming. It's concerning. Now, some are going to make the case for Hero. Hero's got a game that's easy on the eyes. He was the bubble warrior for Miami a few years ago, but he stunk last year. And he's also in a much better situation. Like, let's be real. Tyler Hero on that Miami team. When they went to an NBA final, it was great. They had some unbelievable playoff games. It was also surrounded with some top-notch talent. Let's, uh, let's be frank about that. Like, would Tyler Hero as uh, the, the, the marquee item at Madison Square Garden be lighting the world on fire? No, he wouldn't. Not with the teams the Knicks put around. Sometimes situation is everything. So if I were redrafting right here, right now, one and two, not going to stir up much controversy. I understand that. One, Morant. Two, Darius Garland. Three, I'd go Barrett. That's going to surprise a lot of people. And it's about availability. Barrett, three. Zion, four. Tyler Hero, five. It's amazing what can happen on a Friday night at like 1230 in the morning when I'm fostering dogs. You never know what you're going to get. Didn't get a whole lot of sleep this weekend. does have you thinking about that 2019 draft. And listen, as much as I like Barrett, as much as I want to see him grow as a Nick. Yeah, I kind of wish I had John Moran on my team. I think a lot of, I think there are a lot of folks around the NBA who are wishing they had John Moran on their team. So, Knicks season continues to fade in the abyss. And can I see some younger players play? Uh, That's what I need. At least Jericho Sims was getting some burn today. Maybe a little bit more from Obi Toppin. And the Knicks basically were like, you know, know, like there's these, these the mid-major college basketball team that's got like two big bodies that are just using up fouls. That was the Knicks today against Joel Embiid. They basically had two big bodies Use up as many fouls as possible. Good luck. Didn't end well. Didn't end well if you had the Knicks, plus the points, each of the last two days. Because you probably were thinking they had good opportunities to cover those games. Uh, Thankfully, we did not on Sunday. There was no way in the world that was going down that well. No way, no how. So, Knicks season, the abyss. Good win for the Nets Saturday night in Milwaukee. Game that got crazy and chaotic at the end of the game. Couple of issues with Steve Nash at the end of the game, not using challenges properly. Ooh, not a good look for coach. Um, but from a Nets perspective, the biggest news of the weekend is the news around New York City involving the vaccine mandates and what's going on at the Barclays Center. And a lot of people said, oh, kids don't gotta wear masks in school anymore. Or oh, the vaccine mandates. You don't gotta show your vax card at a restaurant. That means we're gonna get Kyrie back at home games. Mm, not so fast. Not so fast, because apparently businesses are under different jurisdiction. Try to make sense of all of this. If you can, be my guest. Be my guest. And by no means am I looking to defend Kyrie Irving for what he's basically had to put the nets through over the last whatever couple of months. And if it wasn't this vax situation with Kyrie, I guarantee it would be something else because it always ends up being something with Kyrie. However, Bradley Beal was an unvaccinated player. He's playing at the Barclays Center. He could play, Kyrie can. Kyrie can be a spectator now. He could show up, he could wear, you know, an Omani suit, he could put on a hoodie, he could do whatever the hell he wants to do. He could come and sit at Barclay Center, but he can't play. What are we doing here? I hate to be the guy to defend Kyrie Irving because it actually bothers me. Like, I never want to be team Kyrie in any way. Like, it's aggravating. It's aggravating. I I don't want to be siding with Kyrie Irving. It's tough to take. But, come on. At some point, Mr. Mayor, get him on the court. Let's see Kyrie play. And I know we can make different conversations about what Kyrie Irving should have been doing for the last six months, but you get my job. You get my job. I, I mean, I, uh, it's still a thing. So, I mean, try to make sense in New York City's loss. To try to do that. I, I don't know what's more confusing that or the Major League Baseball Players Association and the idea that Monday is going to roll around and we're going to have the inevitability that opening day is not starting on time. Don't let any of this positivity nonsense get y'all crazy and feeling all sorts of bubbly and giddy. No, 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 no. They're dragging us out for another couple of weeks. Once they start losing some paychecks, the owners will feel the heat a little bit. The players are going to feel the heat a little bit. The owners are far more at fault here. Uh, The one thing I saw that really bothered me, because I'm not going to bore you with the minutia of these negotiations, but what does matter to me is playoff teams. Seven playoff teams in Major League Baseball is way too many. It's just way too many. I like the idea of the regular season mattering. That's just—it's part of the charm of the sport. And I like the wild card game. I'm a big supporter of the wild card game. Winning a division matters. You got 17 in the playoffs. Who gives a rat's ass if you win your division? So I'm happy that some of the players are fighting back on that. Super, super stoked about that. But can we get baseball? I mean, jeez, jeez. Between that and, and, and like my frustration towards. Just about everything right now. My teens, freezing cold temperatures. Uh, I need some to feel good about. It's not Syracuse. I think Duke just hit another three, by the way. <laughs> I think they just hit another three. What a what a wonderful showing that was. God, season cannot end soon enough. Um, before we hit Justin Termini, who I'm fired up to have back on, we uh we had a ton of fun out in Hermosa Beach. And some people know what they're doing with their life. JT getting the big dog, going out to Hermosa doing the radio shows out there, smuggled. We call that a quality business decision. But this weekend, I fostered pups. I was talking about this on the last show. I cannot stress the amount of work that goes into it, yes. But at the same time, the just awesome, incredible feeling you get having two little guys running around. Like, I was so stoked. Like, I fell so in love with these dogs. Got so attached. They're with me. I'm watching the games. Got to clean up their shit. And peel all over the place. But I still love them. They were great. And they're coming from the shelter. Basically, they're, they're trash bag and stapler. So it's like a good test run to see if we want to get a dog. Okay. Over the weekend, something's up. I could tell. They're not eating. We got the call from Muddy Paws. You got to watch out for this parvo virus. I'm like, oh, geez, what's this? I don't know. I don't, I never had a dog before in my life. So they're fatigued. They, you know, they they don't, it's a mess. It's a total mess. They're not eating, they're vomiting, the whole deal. So, of course, the two dogs that we end up bringing in end up with this virus. And it's such a problem. Because, like, you get so attached so quickly. Like, I'm thinking of these little guys. Like, I feel like they should be in here staring at me as I'm doing this podcast right about now. So, anybody who is like on the fence about, should I get a pet? And I'm not a cat guy, but if you're a dog guy, like, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. So, I hope somebody, first of all, I hope these little guys get well. And whenever they do, I, I hope somebody adopts them. Cause, like, for me, they're gonna get too big for my apartment. I, I, I can't have a 50 pound dog. It's too big. for me, But somebody out there, I hope, is able to get these dogs because they're fantastic. I love them. I'll post their picture on Instagram probably, hopefully, in the next couple of days. Fingers crossed. All right. We're going to do all our voicemails on Thursday. I want to keep this short and sweet. We're going to have some fun stuff planned throughout the course of the week. You might have a little impromptu Tuesday conversation on one of the football teams in town. We're going to do our best wins at some point. I don't know when yet. Stay tuned for that. But we'll do a ton of voicemails, including trivia on Thursday. But Justin Termini, our great NBA historian, SiriusXM, he's going to help me re-rank the 2019 draft class. Can I get him to take RJ over Zion? Eh, we'll see. JT's up next. <laughs> So I was thinking of this guy because we had some beers in Los Angeles Super Bowl week a couple weeks ago. My knickerbockers are a total nightmare. Basically, you have net fans, the five of them, begging Mayor Eric Adams to have certain mandates lifted so Kyrie Irving can play home games. Let's welcome back our NBA guru, the great Justin Termini, my pal from SiriusXM. Buddy, long time no see. What's happening,
2: dude? I, I was hoping after our conversation that we were going to talk Paul O'Neill because we came to the conclusion he's our he's our favorite player. I'm going on New York, New York. He's getting his number retired. So I thought that was going to be the topic, but uh, happy to talk some NBA. Well, on that subject, you and I have this in common where we love Paul O'Neal. Is he your favorite Yankee of all time? All time. And I told you the other day, like, I'm a huge Celtic fan as well. I know it's weird. I grew up in Connecticut. Big Bird guy, my favorite athlete of all time. Even over basketball, even over Larry Bird, is Paul. Wow,
0: and that's saying something. Knowing the kind of Celtic guy you are, considering what the Yankees do, JT, for retired numbers, I didn't have a problem with it because there are plenty of guys out there who, in my opinion, don't deserve to have their numbers retired. But in general, let's be real: the Yankees retired too many numbers.
2: wait yeah, they too retired many too.
0: But if you're going to retire,
2: and I always looked at it this way, and it's funny because I think, like, Reggie Jackson wanted to talk some basketball one time, so he was listening. And earlier in the program, and he didn't hear this, thank God, I said, hey, Paul O'Neill, a couple of years ago, I'm like, Paul O'Neill's number should be retired Over Reggie Reggie Jackson who played five years
0: with the Yankees? Of course. Of course.
2: So if Reggie's retired, if a couple of others are retired, Paul O'Neill's number certainly deserves to be retired.
0: And, by the way, if we're talking about a moral-worthy Yankee, Posada, O'Neill, when it comes to a number being retired, it's O'Neill.
2: Oh, I like no, yeah, it's O'Neal. He's the guy that started it all, right? I mean, he's the well, guy Well, it was that O'Neal, it really was
0: like- Wade Boggs, it was Jimmy Key with, you know, Don Mattingly at the end and Bernie Williams at the very beginning. And yeah, like 90, the Yankees needed like 93, 94 to kind of learn how to win in many ways, dude. They needed exactly. guys like, like that.
2: The NBA, we always we'll keep culture, which I think is complete BS, okay? But if we're talking culture, I think O'Neill was the guy that started the culture shift. The all
0: right. We always talk about culture shifts with the Knicks because they never happen. And everybody's yeah. talking about change the culture, change the culture, change the culture. Last year was so much fun. Feel good ride. Start in the pod. They had a four seed. They go and make the playoffs. They have home court advantage. They get punked by Atlanta. Young was the best player in the series. Randall stunk. And this year I expected regression, JT. But... I didn't think we'd be sitting here in late February and the season would be over. Did you expect this out of the Knicks this year or have they been one of the biggest flops you think of this NBA season?
2: Well, it's a combination of both. I think we did the pod right prior to the beginning of the season. And like, I gave you some horrible advice. And I said the under on the Golden State Warriors, right? And I thought- like Hey, Golden I gave out
0: under on the Bulls. So I have to be fair and balanced because I did yeah. bet that as an over. So I cashed that. I'm going to lose my Bulls money. I might as well have taken that money and flushed it down the toilet. Just yeah. Saying.
2: So so the, the point is, is at the beginning of the season, we were talking about the Knicks and we both anticipated like, we think they're more talented, but we also think they're going to take a step back in the standings. Like, this team is not more talented, and maybe they're more talented, but they're not nearly as good. Uh, and they've, they've taken a bigger step back than I thought. I don't think anybody envisioned this. Uh, and the, the thing that's, like, scary is I was in Cleveland for the All-Star game a couple of weeks ago, and it's like, all right, well, last year the Knicks were the surprise. This year Cleveland's the surprise. But you could, like, see Cleveland continuing to grow. Like They're a surprise where you know that you're confident in their future, because, like, Jared Allen's, what, 22, 23, Darius Garland's 21, O'Kurro's a young guy. Like, that's a roster that's just filled with young guys. This is not. And this is a roster also where, you know, Julius Randle was, you know, what, 27, 28? So you're not you're not expecting, like, it to be sustainable. So I, I think, like, I'm like you. I didn't think that they were going to be this bad, but I did anticipate a step back from last year. Bigger issue, in your opinion,
0: is it the front office that failed miserably on every move they made in the offseason from the Randall extension, which looks awful. The Fournier contract, where he's a total stiff, Kemba Walker, who needs a Walker to play. And now he's done for the year. Noel. I mean, it goes on and on. The Knicks had a horrific, horrific offseason in the summertime. Uh, Alec Burks, Alec Derek Burks, Rose. Don't I mean, forget hey,
2: Derek Rose. I mean, and Derek Rose deserved the, the contract. but Derek Rose not playing. So he's he he's not playing. they got to take a hit. back He paid him.
0: So we're killing the front office, which I think is the right call. But then you have this sentiment of people who want to pin all the blame on Tom Thibodeau. And I get that Tibbs' rotations at times have been frustrating where he's stuck with veteran players. And you want to tell me he's too loyal to certain guys. That's all well and good. Tibbs has not had a great year. But the bigger reason, JT, the Knicks are in this mess, their front office embarrassed themselves in the offseason. Like, the idea of taking Tom Thibodeau now and casting him aside to me would be ridiculously unfair.
2: No. So without question. And I've started to criticize Thibodeau as of late because blown leads. OK, and no team over the course of the last couple of weeks has like blown more 20 point leads. I always put that on the coach. If you blow big leads, that's on the coach. You get a 20 point lead. It's up to the coach to like protect that lead. Uh, they need an offensive coordinator right especially at the end of these games the, the offense is, is ridiculous they don't know what they're doing they look like the three stooges out how there. much of uh, that
0: though jt is the lack of a point guard
2: no i i think that's that's certainly i don't the case. understand like,
0: how they continue to go year after year after year in the nba where you need a point yep. guard a good one if you're gonna win or do anything of substance and they basically have the worst point guard roster that you're ever gonna see or guys who are a zillion years
2: old yeah, I mean, you look at it with my team as well. I know the Celtics are playing better as of late, but, like, even Bill's been pushing this on his podcast. Like, they need a crisp ball. I know they don't grow on trees, but you just need a table setter. Uh especially in the league today. You watched, like, the Cavaliers play the other day, and Darius Garland was out, and they, they completely fell apart. And he's going to be out for a little while. I guess he's dealing with a sore knee, like – that team is not the same without a point guard. And then when they have Garland out there, even with the lack of experience that he has, really good player, they look like they're a team that maybe capable of going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So the point guard is certainly something. I just think there's like a lack of creativity with the offense. If it's the same thing, like Julius Randle backing down, taking like a contested 15-foot jumper. That's a little bit on My point is, is that this is mostly the front office. There's a lot of Tibbs stuff in there as well. Uh, I mean, continuing to stick with Randall, uh, taking Kemba out of the lineup early, even though I'm not a Kemba fan. It's like, at least let it breathe a little bit. You're playing Taj Gibson. and Thank God he didn't play earlier today uh, in the, in the loss uh, against Philadelphia, but he was playing 30 minutes a couple of weeks ago. And Obi Toppin still played what, like uh, 15 minutes today as a number eight overall pick, Uh Cam Reddish not playing at least be on the same page as the front office. So again, Front office, number one, that's clear. But I think you, you got to start. I mean, the, the challenge the other day where he's using two challenges within 30 seconds of each other, like Thibodeau hasn't had a great season either. So, yeah, one front office, but Tom Thibodeau was number two.
0: If there's a bright spot for the Knicks, it's been buried. And I thought he was fabulous the other night against the Heat. He had a solid game today against Philadelphia. You talk to a lot of these insider types jt these front office types you got your people around the league you're well connected at least i like to think that you're well connected what do they envision the ceiling for barrett is it all-star caliber player is it like a good role player on a really good team like where do you envision rj barrett's career over the next couple of seasons
2: yeah i mean i don't know if he can be a, a number uh One guy, Uh, you know, as far as being a number two, perhaps that's the case. And a lot of people that I've talked to, like I brought this up in the past with the number three pick over the last couple of years. He's not in the level of some of those guys, right? So uh, Luka Doncic was a number three overall pick. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown were both number three overall picks. There's been a couple of number three overall picks the last couple of years. I'm not sure that he's that good, uh, but certainly is a a guy that can be a number two maybe on a team that's a contender. I don't know about a championship team. Like, you know, think about the number twos that we've had over the last couple of years. Uh, Could he be, uh, you know, a Kyle Lowry? Uh, who is a number two to Kawhi, sure. Can he be an Anthony Davis that was a number two to LeBron? No. Can he be a Clay Thompson that was a number two to, to Steph or a Steph who was maybe a number two to Durant or vice versa? I don't think he can be that. Can he be like a Paul Pierce, who was a number two to a Kevin Garnett? I don't think he's on that level. Uh, but number two on a contender that's not quite there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think Memphis can go to the finals perhaps this year. Uh, can he be Desmond Bain? Yeah, why not?
0: Okay. We're redrafting the 2019 draft. It's obvious John Morant's the number one choice. No discussion there. Number two pick. I think it's Darius Garland. The guy made the all-star team. He's had a fabulous run this year in Cleveland. If you're going through the 2019 draft, and I know the potential and the star power of Zion is still there, but like right here, right now, I couldn't take Zion over Darius Garland. Could you? Yeah, I I couldn't rely on him.
2: No, so I, I mean,
0: now when he's 450 pounds, and I have suggested on this pod, by the way, JT, the idea of making a move for Zion, if I can buy low on Zion, like, I'm cool with that, but the idea of giving up, like, the moon and the stars for a guy who can eat himself out of the league, who's not playing, has shown no interest in playing for the New Orleans Pelicans.
2: How in the world am I giving up some monster, monster package for this dude? I can't do that. Well, I mean, so you answer the question. If Zion's out there for R.J. Barrett, knowing that Zion- I would not li- make the trade. Would you make the trade? What'd you say? You said you
0: would or you wouldn't? I would not. Oh, I would. Oh, I would. I would, uh, for, oh you would that. roll the dice? Why? Just I would the roll talent? the dice.
2: Just because the upside of Zion. Like, when Zion played two years ago or a year ago, like, he played at a historical level. Well, it was tremendous. Was, tremendous. Plus, but that for,
0: for the Knicks to give up a guy like Barrett, though, who gets after it, who plays hard, who's somebody that could really grow into being a big player on this team. Like, if I'm trading him, JT, I want to trade him for more of a proven commodity. Is that insane to
2: say? But I also think it's, a, it's about, like, risk. In order to win a championship, you've got to take some risks. And, like, you're trading a guy who – Again, like, I think you agree it's not the number one guy. No, on absolutely not.
0: I do. Not. And do I know you, Bowler you, and Bam were nice the other day and said, oh, he could be the face of the Knicks. That's the, that's blowing smoke. Yeah, that, that's, that's a much. Too, That's a bit
2: much. That's way too far. All right. So can he be the number two on a championship team? Uh, unless it's like a superstar. I don't think he's he's that either. I think he's a, a team that's, you know, maybe a contender, but not winning a championship. Right. Like we kind of just went over. So do you think he can definitely be a number two on a championship?
0: No, probably not. I think he's a right, two-three. So- I think he's a two-three. But then again, I don't know if Z- I don't know if Zion can be the number two on a championship team because if he's going to eat yeah. and be completely out of shape
2: and not play more than thirty games or forty games in a given year, I that's a major concern. Of course, but you're taking the risk that he'll be motivated maybe by wanting to be in New York. Like well, here's how much my of question, it is he, How much of it is he wants could to be Knicks, in New York and he
0: hates New Orleans? Could the Knicks pull off a trade for Williamson without giving up Barrett?
2: No, because who would it be? I mean, all your draft picks and what? Like, what's your other asset on the team outside of, like, Mitchell Robinson is going to be a free agent this season? Like, what's your other asset on this team? Do you have one? No, I don't think so.
0: I don't, That's why I'm just trying to speculate. Yeah. If well,
2: Plus, every other team's going to line up. Like, not every other team, but maybe a team in a big market that thinks, like, they can change a guy. Listen, there are guys out there. There are GMs out there in organizations, as crazy as it sounds to me, would take a shot on Kyrie Irving. Who would you rather take a shot on? Would you rather take a shot on Kyrie Irving or Zion Williamson? Because every like I know we're coming off a game where Kyrie had thirty eight against the box. The guy destroyed the Cleveland Cavaliers. They won a championship, but he needed the best player arguably of all time. They could have won multiple titles. He said, see you later. He went to Boston, a very young team, I think is just like the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Look what Chris Paul did to lift the Phoenix Suns. Look what Kyrie did to destroy Boston. Then he goes to Brooklyn. Has he been a positive there? I don't think he's been a positive there. And that's where he's supposed to be happy. So would you rather take a shot on Zion or take a shot on Kyrie Irving? And there's plenty of teams that would take a shot on Kyrie from the people that I've talked
0: So basically what you're telling me, the Knicks will not be the only suitor for Zion Williamson if he becomes available in a couple of months. Exactly.
2: So there'll be teams lining up all over the place. Now, would I go after if I'm on the small market? No, because it doesn't appear that he wants to play in the small market and he's going to throw a fit until he gets there. But if I'm a team like the Knicks and I hear all these rumors that he wants to be there, if I'm watching the video of him last year, like smiling for the first time, you know, he smiled twice, I think, all year. Uh, It's when he saw a hamburger and when he, you know, talked about MSG. So I take a shot.
0: All right, we're redrafting 2019. Morant's one. Are you taking Garland over Zion?
2: Uh, I I'm taking Garland. Jeez, that's a difficult one. Again, I guess I would. I'm going to use the easy out. Like, where am I located? Right. So if I'm located in Cleveland, yeah, I'm I'm using. You taking it? If
0: but if you're a big market team, you'd be more willing to go the Zion route,
2: basically. I I just because it's risky, but the upside like. All right, so right, you're putting those guys
0: two three. You have Barrett four or are you going Tyler Hero? Uh
2: geez, Hero's been great all uh all season. He was horrible last year. Uh I, I would go Tyler Hero over, over uh over him as well. So what you would, would you put Barrett, Barrett
0: fifth in a potential redraft. And it's really it, it's yeah. not like you're knocking Barrett. It's more so that you're giving more high praise to some of these other players. Is that
2: reasonable? Yes. I you know I have I, I like Barrett. Like I said, two slash three on the championship team. Uh, but uh, Tyler Hero, I think, is probably a two slash three. So it's like pick your flavor. Uh, Darius Garland can be higher than that. Zion can be higher than that. And John Morant definitely can be higher.
0: Than that. Yeah. And listen, John Morant's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. He's fearless. He's an absolute stud. He gets sick and tired of any idea of losing and wants to be on the court. That's a guy that could play for me any day of the week. Okay. Speaking of who could not play for me any day of the week, Tyree Irving and Ben Simmons. They're with the Brooklyn Nets. Who are you more concerned about? Knowing your feelings towards Kyrie, which are fair and justified, might I add. Or Simmons, who the last image we had of him was blowing layups and, and missing free throws in a winner-take-all game seven where he was afraid to shoot the ball. Who would scare you more from a Brooklyn perspective down the stretch of this year?
2: Uh, I like as to who could like destroy my team with their attitude, I guess I would lean towards Kyrie as to who I'm more confident with on the floor. I would say I'm more confident in Kyrie because at least like, now it's been five or six years since he played well in a big spot, right? Was it 2016, 2017, 2018 he wasn't there. 2019 he was horrible. 2020 he wasn't there. Last year he was there for like a series and a, in a game or two. Uh, so it's been five or six years since he's played in the big spot. And done well, but at least he's done it. Ben Simmons has never done it. So I'd be more confident in Kyrie than I would Ben Simmons. I think that's an easy one. How about you?
0: Um, I would agree because I've seen Kyrie hit game seven NBA final shots. So the shooting touch is there. The basketball ability is there. It's all about what's between the ears with Kyrie and Simmons. Listen, there are questions about shooting. In a modern day where you got to be able to shoot the ball, I have to wonder, can Ben Simmons hit a layup? Can Ben Simmons hit a free throw? That is a
2: fair question to have. Yeah, not even, like, can he do it? Is he willing to try? Because, you know, you have to at least, like, like Draymond Green, everybody wants to make that comparison, and I think it's a bunch of BS, because, like, Draymond Green, one is one of the better leaders in the sport. Uh, Two, is not afraid of any moment. And he's a dog. So that's two major, like, categories where, you know, Ben Simmons is nothing like him. You have to at least be willing. I don't even need to have him, like, take a – Take a three or take a 15-footer, but it's like don't be afraid to have the ball in your hand down the stretch of a big game, you know, six or a game seven in a series. You know, if, he, if he's choking against the Atlanta Hawks last year and he's afraid to shoot, like what's it going to be like if you put him in like a conference finals against Philadelphia, where, by the way, he's going to have to play on the road in a big game? in philadelphia like what's he gonna feel then or if we put him in the you know the nba finals against uh you know the phoenix suns or the uh uh the golden state wars game six game seven like is he gonna be playing hot potato with the basketball you, you know lebron couldn't win when he was doing that lebron's 20 times better than him but when lebron was afraid of the moment in 2011 uh miami couldn't win so uh yeah you know I, what's he gonna be like in a big spot
0: all in all did you like that trade for both teams i did because horn didn't want to be in Brooklyn, yeah. like it was obvious, he quit on the team. He didn't want to be there. I felt like they did as well as they possibly could. And from Philly's standpoint, listen, they love Maury. Loves Harden. He's wanted Harden since the minute he's gotten the job. Now they got their pick and roll combo. Harden all of a sudden gets into shape. It's amazing. Harden goes from the Zion diet and basically having no desire to play for Brooklyn, like he had no desire to play for Houston. Now all of a sudden, snap a finger, he's ready to go. They're playing well. Um. You like the trade for both teams. And who's got a higher ceiling? Gut feel right now. Who's going deeper in the playoffs? I shouldn't, I shouldn't rephrase that because obviously Brooklyn has the higher ceiling. Who goes deeper in the playoffs? Brooklyn or Philly? Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that's, the, you, you rephrased. I mean, it. I did, I had to rephrase to, it because higher yeah.
0: ceiling, listen, the Nets, when they have everybody going, they have the rent. Exactly. that.
2: I agree, although I'm a big continuity guy, and it's going to be difficult for them to get any type of I don't continuity. know how
0: they're going to get it going at this yeah. stage when guys are playing, what, 15 or 20 games together, and yeah. now all of a sudden you snap your finger and say, oh, go play in the playoffs and win a championship. I know it. I know the NBA has changed, JT, but it hasn't changed that much,
2: dude? Yeah, and that's the reason I picked against them last year was I said, like, all right, they're loaded with KD, Kyrie, and Hardy but they don't, they got like seven games under their belt. Like that's not going to work. And it almost did work. If not for the injuries, maybe it does work and they win the NBA championship. So I guess I have to back off that a little bit because they showed it could have worked last year. Uh, I will say that it's horrific for the sport. Like I'll be rooting against them as hard as I've rooted against any team. in the. you know, and I think that the commissioner's office should too. Is that a good precedent to send where a team doesn't take the regular season seriously? You got guys who aren't playing at all. And then they can go on to win the NBA championship from like the seventh or the eighth seed after getting in the play-in tournament because they're going to be in the play-in tournament, right? So, like, I think that's a horrible precedent to send about, like, getting fans to watch the regular season. Uh, And, like, are they the most talented team? Yes. But is the road going to be too difficult? Because if they got to win a play-in game or two, uh, then they have to beat, like, let's say Miami, who's filled with professionals in the first round. Then they have to play, you know, Milwaukee or uh, Philadelphia in the second round. Then they got to play the other one of those two teams, Milwaukee or Philadelphia in the conference finals. Then they have to play on the road in Phoenix or Golden State in the NBA finals. I mean, to win four road series going through that gauntlet, uh, I, I don't see how that like, that's possible. Final one.
0: I think a lot of people want to have a Phoenix Golden State Western Conference final. Be a ton of fun, star players yeah. on each side of the floor, uh, Curry, Thompson, Paul, Booker, you name it. If there's a team that's gonna upset that, who is
2: it? Me- well, in Memphis, in the Western. Do you think
0: office, Memphis, Memphis? Not yeah, the return. Oh. What if what if Murray and Porter Jr. come back for Denver?
2: Yeah, so that would be the other one. And last year, I gotta say that I picked Denver to go to the, the NBA finals. Like I thought that would be the team that would go. Uh and then uh, prior to the injuries. Like so before Jamal Murray went down, I thought that that's the representative when we came to the playoffs and everybody was out. I didn't think more. But I just don't think that, that Murray can come back in April. And be playing at that high of a level. I And mean, even look at Clay Thompson. Like now, granted, that's two years of injuries where he's he's been out. But it, and he's a little bit older. But it's taken him a little time to look like Clay Thompson. So is he going to come back from that? Is Michael Porter Jr. going to come back from that? And all of a sudden, having clicking. Like I'd like to see it happen because I think all the Jokic detraction. You know, the detractors against Jokic are it's ridiculous. He's my MVP right now uh, over Embiid. Uh, but if everybody's healthy, and you're telling me they're going to perform like they, you know, they're capable of. Murray pristine condition. Porter jr in pristine position, uh, you know condition you know that team could win the nba championship easy like i would have no qualms with saying that i just don't think they're going to you know be at 100 percent. so i then would say memphis the age is concerned but memphis you know has that like you know they're just not afraid of anybody and don't forget boston in 2018 went to game seven of the, of the of the conference finals. so if that team could do it you know when Kyrie and hayward were hurt the leading scorer was jason tatum i think this team could.
0: justin termini our pal always a pleasure i, I I saw him out in Los Angeles. Now he's got a glow about him because he's yeah. living on the beach. He's got the dog out for long walks, and his Celtics are back to winning ways. So I think life is good in the Termini household. Yeah,
2: they just lost to the Pacers, so that. Makes well, that was crazy. that was. But you would do for that. You would do for a bad one. You would do for. No, a and conquer. I'll take it full circle. Like Paul O'Neill deserves to have his number retired with the Knicks more than any Nick does right now that's how bad that organization is so they should retire his number in both yankee stadium and msg before they get anything listen there.
0: paul Neil banners everywhere every which way sign me up right now all right jt we'll catch you up soon thanks buddy all right
2: sounds good jj thanks for having me this episode is brought to you by state farm
0: Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get JT on board with RJ over Zion. And listen, Zion in his best is a better player. I understand. But the concerns about Zion in a redraft, they're fair. They're legitimate. They're justified. I don't care what anybody tells you. All right. Jeff Money's in the house. So Monday. I got to watch Syracuse play. Oh, what a joy that's going to be. We'll see if Jeff Money is playing the big Monday game, or is he going and digging a little deeper? Jeff Money, the floor is yours.
1: What up, J.J.? Jeff Money here with a Handicapper Fix. This could be for tomorrow, Monday, the 28th. I got two college basketball plays. My money play, I'm going to go with Texas Tech minus the 12 over Kansas State. And I'm going to go with Fordham minus the two and a half over Mass. Again, two plays, money play, Texas Tech minus the 12. And Fordham minus the two and a half. And everyone can always follow my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, J.J., I'm out of here. Let's go.
0: Fabulous job, Money. And Fordham this year under Coach Neptune, they're right around 500. Normally you say 500. Who the hell cares? That is a gigantic deal for Fordham to be right around 500. Considering what that program has gone through for the last 35 years, they've been one of the biggest jokes in New York City collegiate basketball across America. So he's done a fabulous, fabulous job. Uh, I'm telling you right now, take Syracuse plus seven against uh, NC. That'll be a game they'll be in because Carolina's coming off a big, emotional rivalry game. Syracuse coming off an embarrassment. Nobody's going to want to bet them. Take Syracuse on Monday. They'll, they'll, They'll play competitive in that game and be good enough to lose. I will be on the orange and cursing them the entire time, plus the seven. Tough one for Rutgers the other night. That's a tough one for Rutgers. And Rutgers better be careful here over the next week. They got a lot of good wins, but they got some really bad losses. You don't want to be playing that guessing game, going into the Big Ten tournament and going into Selection Sunday because, mark my words, you'll have at least two to three bid-stealers. And last year, you had a ton. I mean, you had two in Georgetown and Oregon State that came from major conferences. It can happen. It can happen, especially with the wacky nature of college basketball these days. All right, fun stuff. We're back on Thursday with New York, New York. Remember, a ton of voicemails, trivia, all that good stuff. Tuesday, we might have something special cooking. And remember, ringer gambling feet We're doing a lot more content on there, leading into the NCAA tournament and the NBA playoffs. I got Tuesday and Friday shows on that. All the gambling stuff, all the cards, all the picks. They were pretty good in college basketball on Saturday. They were quite miserable in the NBA on Friday. So we'll see what Tuesday has in store. JJ out. Take it, everybody.